Welcome back to Rogue Fun, a podcast story. The podcast all about Rogue One. I'm Alice White, and unfortunately, Buddy Duquesne couldn't be with us today. Uh, but I have a very special co-host for the episode. The One of the moderators of the News Android Twitter account and recently has launched a brand new Star Wars podcast called Stardust Records. Please welcome Savi. Hi, Savi. Hello, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad you're here to join me on this episode. I'm glad to be here. This is going to be so much fun. I know. It's it's going to be a blast. This was such a good episode. We have so much to talk about. But before we launch into talking about the episode, I have some questions for you. Um, tell me about the first time you watched Rogue One. It's honestly one of my favorite stories like personal stories um so when like star wars started coming back to the theaters um it was around my birthday which is december 24th so you know how they come out around like the 16th or the 17th mm -hmm. or so i would kind of save it until the 24th and um when rogue one came out i actually worked at the movies so i was like there and i got to like sell the little big popcorn buckets that they had with like gin and her imp uniform yeah. yeah so I had waited and I like avoided spoilers like the plague but I was so excited to watch it and I saw it at like 10 a.m on my birthday on December 24th and uh yeah it was it was a movie that I was kind of like overwhelmed at first with the first watch of it because it was like this enigma in my mind for so long like there was trailers playing all throughout the theater and that I worked at and it was just like oh my gosh a new Star Wars film it's like with the rebels and and it's not like it doesn't have any Jedi and it has like Diego Luna and Felicity Jones and oh my gosh this cast is so cool so yeah when I watched it I was like this is this is Star Wars to me <laughs> like this is exactly what Star Wars is and should be if we're gonna go that way but yeah, yeah i yeah i i always every day on my birthday or every year on my birthday i tried to i try to rewatch it but i don't know if i would call it a christmas movie <laughs> <laughs> no no not exactly in the spirit but um but i love that tradition um yeah i try to i rewatch it on the anniversary every year on yeah. the 16th every year um, cause it's so good. So you loved it right from the beginning. It like spoke to you right away. It was, yeah. At first I, I, like I said, like I was overwhelmed by it. Like I didn't expect that to, like, I didn't expect Rogue One to be what it was mm -hmm. essentially. Cause I feel like we've like with Star Wars, like with the Clone Wars and with Rebels and with the sequel trilogy, like we've gotten like a lot of Jedi and like the Skywalker mm -hmm. saga and then Rogue One obviously like aside from solo like we kind of stepped aside and we went into familiar territory but like in a more intimate level yeah if that makes sense <laughs> perfect sense yeah absolutely that's something we love about uh, about rogue one we talk about it all the time and um and something that i am like currently loving about andor in the same way that it's it's we don't need to talk about the jedi all the time we don't always mm -hmm. need to be following a skywalker around um, that like examining Star Wars on like a political and personal level is something that can yeah. be super interesting. Um, so, but, so you became a fan real fast. 
it comes out, you're like, <laughs> I am into this. We're gonna we're gonna fall in love with this and and the cast and everything about it. But is there anything specifically about Rogue One or like what is it about Rogue One that has like brought you closer to Star Wars? Did it like was it Rogue One or just like the Star Wars coming back after such a long hiatus that like that like brought you back into the fandom or that encouraged you to participate? Because now you run like an incredibly successful Twitter account about. <laughs> about Star Wars or specifically about Andor. Um, was it Rogue One that did it? Was it Diego Luna that specifically did it for you? Or or why does that speak to you? Um, I think that it was the display of people and that the, like what they can do when, you know, hope is put into the picture. Mm-hmm. I think that seeing like people that like looked like me or looked like my friends or people that I would just like know and want to be friends with in life on screen was really uplifting like anybody can do something like that like anybody could just say you know I want to do this and I'm going to do this that and bringing that hope to the table I, I wouldn't say it was like any of the actors but I would say it was the the intense like intimate storyline that these regular people quote unquote with like tragic backstories and and flaws and things that they were dealing with and carrying for a really long time and just that they were people because you can relate to people you can't really relate to jedi right (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i i completely get it yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's like really it's really, really special about Rogue One and um, and that same tie, that same like like gritty, down and dirty in in the mud with the rebels, like normal yeah. people living their Star Wars life is like I said, like part of like why I love this show too so much. Like why it's yeah. why I think the show is the show is like building off of what Rogue One. Um, like the foundation that Rogue One laid as far as like exploring other kinds of Star Wars stories, um, which is, which is really, really cool. So speaking of Andor, what are your first thoughts about this episode? I rewatched it on the train home today. And this one is, has probably become my favorite out of the five that we've gotten. I think that it answered so much without well, it's like this was a dialogue heavy episode, mm-hmm. but I feel like it said a lot somehow without saying a lot. Like, I feel like we learned a lot about Cassian this episode. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then we learned a lot about the other characters as well. Like, I just feel like this slow arc is is not slow. It's perfect because it's teaching us about all these individual people and like their relationships with each other and how they interact. And oh my gosh, like the intensity that is, or excuse me, the anticipation of this mission is like keeping me on my toes every week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yes. The tension that this, um, that this is building by dragging it out a little bit. We're not to the Mm -hmm. mission yet. We're five episodes in, we're not quite there yet. And, but any minute now we're going to be right in the thick of it. And yeah, yeah, the, the anticipation, the tension that it's, that it's building has been really delicious. Um, Yeah. I yes, I'm right with you. Learning about these characters has been so, so neat. They're 
they're all super unique and really, really interesting people. Um, I really liked especially spending time with, um, oh goodness, I've forgotten his name. The, um, the rebel with the tattoo on his chest, the one. Skeen. Yes. Skeen. So mm -hmm. I'm really, really enjoying spending time with Skeen. Um, I am too. He is, um, first of all, the actor is fantastic. And mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody has, uh, has watched, well, probably everybody's watched The Bear already um, <laughs> since that show was such a big hit. Um, but he was like one of the leads in that too. And so I was like, I recognized him right. I was like, oh, look at that. It's that guy. It's that guy from The Bear. Um, really fantastic actor. And I feel his his stress level and his pain and his questions. And, and he's really like, like I can feel the tension in his body through the screen. I think he's doing yeah. such a good job. And spending time with him, him telling us about his brother and hearing about, you know, him. Yeah, he's talking about his tattoos and we're like learning about like what makes him part of the rebellion, why he wants to be there and why he's questioning Cassian. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, he has no reason to trust Cassian, except that the leader of his uh, of his group is saying, trust, you know, trust me, trust him, trust me. And he's like, <laughs> no, I don't want to. Like yeah. I've got a lot at stake here and I've already lost a lot. And, and watching his like emotional journey through this episode was really, really cool. Um, I just, yeah, the, I, I can't, I can't even describe like the, the like uh, amount of stress that I'm feeling watching these episodes, like sitting on the edge <laughs> of my seat, like what's going to happen? When is it going to happen? I don't know. Anything could pop off at any time. I know. I, I was so nervous for that TIE fighter scene when it was coming through the valley oh, when they were, yeah. I, I was like, that has to mean something. And the fact that it was just like a patrol and I was like, oh, they got us again. <laughs> but uh, it's it's definitely the calm before the storm and like the preparation mm -hmm. before battle and like Cassian said like the day before is always like high intensity like you're thinking a lot like you're wondering what's gonna happen yeah and it's, so, it's so the acting is just so phenomenal because I, I always feel like I'm sitting at the campfire with them yes yes all with their with their stress and their troubles mm -hmm. and their and their fears and man when yeah when Cassian said the thing about the 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 day before being the the hardest and the longest um mm -hmm. and then specifically was like if you need to get out of here don't use me as an excuse but yeah. he's also like yeah he knows Cassian's lying mm -hmm. about how, why he's there and who he is and all of that but he still knows people well enough and he knows situations like this well enough to know like why he's reacting to him that way. And, um, and cause Cassian's good at this and he knows what he's doing. It's obvious. He figured out everybody's dominant hand in like two yeah. seconds of watching them hold a gun. Right. Yeah. Like That was super impressive. That was so impressive. Yeah. I was like totally blown away. And that know. he knows how to apply information like that into mm -hmm. like the marching order, which is fascinating. I would have no yeah. idea that wouldn't even cross my mind at all. Yeah, Cassian is like a really super observational person. And he is that way in Rogue One. And it's really interesting to see it in Andor. Um, and I just wonder where he like, he got these skills from because he said in this episode, like he had been in prison when he was 13. And then three years passed and then Mimba and then, then we 
don't know what kind of happens after that. It's kind of a gray area, but right. yeah. But then I also think if that traces back to when he was with Marva and Clem as a boy, like there was that language barrier at first. So it was just kind of like an observing, observing sure. of how these people are. Like body yeah. language expert, yeah. right? When, Something when you... that he, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, it's because it, like when communication barriers are in place and mm-hmm. you go kind of to the basics or, or like what you can have in common, which is usually body language. And yeah. You become really good at that when you don't, when you can't have communication with people around you. Yeah. So I wonder if this is just something that he's like taught himself, which is, again, really impressive. It is. It is. And I just, I really want more. I, I want more. We haven't gotten a flashback in a minute. I want more flashbacks. I want more baby Casa. I want more, yeah. like, I want to know. And I want to know more. I, I feel like he, he, we haven't had a flashback in a minute and he hasn't um, talked about his sister in a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And I am, I can't help but feel like they've kind of dropped it. I know it, I know they wouldn't have brought it up if it wasn't going to be important later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of feel like we've abandoned that part of the story for now. And it's kind of, it's bothering me a little bit, not enough to like, dislike the show or stop watching. Of course, <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel, I feel kind of like, whoa, tell me more about this guy. Yeah. Well, I have a theory, but. Oh, yes. I, want, I, don't I know. love theories. I know that we like, it seems we've turned away from it, like from the sister plot line, but I think mm-hmm. that we're just getting into the thick of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have a theory that Clea is his sister. Really? Yeah. Luthen's a shopkeep. Oh. Like yeah. I think that that's his <gasps> sister. And I have my reasons, but. Uh, I, I don't tell know. me, tell me your reasons. I haven't heard this one yet. <laughs> okay. So, well, first off, I think they kind of look alike. That's just, mm-hmm. I'll just start off with that one. But okay. I think that they, yeah. But I, okay, somebody brought this up. It's not my own thought, but I will bring it up because it is, it does make sense that Star Wars would do this. But mm-hmm. like the Luke and Leia parallel. So oh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. One, yeah, one is, um, one is separated and like brought to like a more highfalutin environment. And then of course there's Cassian, he lives on Ferrex and it's more like, hands-on work there and mm-hmm. yeah so there's that and then and then there was a trailer that was released today where it's Clea and then it like immediately transitions to Cassian after she says her line so, so I don't know there's like maybe a connection there like oh, I, I really <laughs> love this theory I never crossed my mind I haven't heard anybody talk about this on Twitter um, mm-hmm. that is so fascinating. And I would actually really love for that to be the case. That, too. that the is so that cool. They would both be in the rebellion. And it's so interesting to think that like that Cassian's si- younger sister would be the one to like introduce him to it. Like he spent right. all this time looking for it. And I feel like we're thinking it's Mon Mothma, like we're thinking it's Luthen, but I really think that it's probably his sister. I don't know. I know. I love that. I did notice in this episode because um, obviously, yeah, Luthen and Clea were in the, the last episode. Um, but in this one, I noticed there was a moment that really stood out to me that was uh, when Luthen's trying to like listen in on the radio um, mm-hmm. to see like what's like what's going on. Can I pick up any signals or anything that's happening, um, mm-hmm. which a little bit ties into um, uh, my my guest last week, Hope. 
um, suggested that maybe it's possible that the Kyber crystal that Luthen gave Cassian was like a spy device that may be listening. Mm. And that may be what Luthen is like trying to tune into. That's oh. like possible. That was her theory, um, which okay. I love. Um, and then Clea comes in and is kind of like, no, that's enough. You don't need to be doing that anymore. And I, and I was like, she's got a lot of sass and power in this uh, dynamic more than I expected. Like I knew she was involved and I know that let Luthen has her distracting the driver, for example, like I know she's not uninvolved, but she was able to kind of go into the back room and express more like opinions and power than I expected her to. Mm -hmm. Um, which to me says, yeah, that she's like more important in the rebellion than she's letting on. Um, yeah, she comes across as just his assistant, but like, she's actually like got something to say. And yeah. I really like that. Like, I like, like that too. She's, mm -hmm. I feel like she's going to be up there with like Leia and just like in terms of like likeness and like audience, like how the audience will receive her. I think will yeah. be pretty positive i think that she's gonna be like one of the rebellions it girls but <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i yes i love it mm -hmm. um i yes you're totally right and like there's a age similarity there she's a young woman she's beautiful yeah. you know she's um there's a lot of like potential for this character to like brand like break out as like a yeah like a favorite and also mm -hmm. like surprise us with how competent and involved she is um which we're getting yeah. pieces of but i can't wait i can't wait to find out more um yeah. it kind of a little bit actually i just got reminded of um and obviously in a different sense non-romantically siblings mm -hmm. um but like han and kira in solo they grow yeah. up together they're super tight and then separated um mm -hmm. against their will um and then when they're back together again they're at drastically different levels of um like yeah. class levels wealth mm -hmm. levels influence and stuff like that and that maybe like you would want when Cassian and his sister to be reunited, you would want that to be like a really sweet thing with like hugs and like a lot of like heart, but yeah. she's been living this like, like a lie for so long. And like, like having, yeah. if she did, you know, in fact, worth it, work at that brothel, if she, who knows what she had to go through to get to yeah. the place where she is. If there's coldness between them, like you left me behind, you know, um, you, you know, we where were you when I was trying, you know, I had to go through all of this and now I'm here. I've made something of myself and, and yeah. you're just a mercenary. You don't even care. You know, I think there's yeah. like a lot of room for a lot of drama there. I think so too. And I don't think that Tony Gilroy is uh, hesitant to sprinkle some angst into Andor. So. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it for sure. He, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's so much potential there with these characters. There's also that, that you, I we said Luthen and then it like completely clicked again. But uh the fact that like like Bix and Luthen work together and then right. like Luthen has been wanting to meet Cassian for a long time. Yeah. It and it like. can't just be because this dude is really good at stealing cool boxes yeah. from from starships, right? Like yeah. like anybody can steal. This guy is really good at it. But then, yeah. yeah, like, what if there, yeah, something else about him, something else about his background or his, uh, like, hints about who he really is is something that draws Luther, that Luther comes all the way to see oh, yeah. him in person. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's looking for that family resemblance. Yeah. 
definitely. Oh, I can't wait to see where it goes. I can't I, wait. I know. I definitely don't think that we've moved away from the sister storyline. I think that we're no. right in the thick of it. <laughs> yeah. And I and I agree. Like even if this even if this was all speculation and none of this turns out to be the case, right? Um yeah. I didn't I didn't expect them to fully abandon the sister thing. I just oh, um I got so into it from right from the very beginning because those oh, first shots in, <laughs> in the brothel were so intense and so yeah. emotional. Um that when they kind of just stopped mentioning it for a couple episodes, I was like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what happened to his sister. Where is she? I, uh, I have hope again. I didn't think they'd fully abandon it, but it, it was starting to get to me a little bit that he hadn't. I even... Oh, and I thought he was going to mention her when what's his name was talking about his brother. And I thought for sure oh, he was going to come, come out about his sister and be like, I lost my sister too. We can be bros. We both lost something, yeah. but he's so closed off. And so, like he is he doesn't so, share anything i know which like we we know quote unquote like we know because you know we're the audience and we're seeing like those moments with cassian alone and stuff like when he's dreaming of carrie slash clea if it is clea or when he's at the brothel and he's asking for a sister it's it's like those like we know but like the, they don't know how closed off he really is. <laughs> yes, and like for good and for good reasons, and mm -hmm. and the danger that he's gone through. They just think he's some guy, and now yeah. they're like he's just some be guy who's being paid. Like that's, mm -hmm. and now they're gonna have less reason, both less reason to trust him, but also, like my husband and I were watching it together, and when Cassin was like, "I'm gonna fly," like I'm going to fly it, and and I'm not going to take no for an answer. Yeah. My husband was like, that's more of a reason to want to trust this guy. Like this guy, if this guy is being paid to yeah. live through this thing, giving him control of the getaway car is the surest way to make sure that you guys are going to get away. Right. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. like, and the fact that they had to ask him on like how to get it off the ramp or like how to get <gasps> it in the air. Oh, that yeah. stressed me out so bad. I was like, you that's, guys, what are you going to do? I know that scene. I watched that scene. Like, five times in a row because it's the way Cassian responded. Like, yes, it was stern. Like, yes, it was like, oh my God, like, I cannot believe that you did not figure this out before me. Like, what would you have done? But the way that he responded was so like, was so leader-like. Was yes. so, yes, yeah, so patient and like understanding in a way. Like yes. he did it, he didn't, he didn't make fun of them for not knowing. He was just like, okay, this is how you do it. But now I'm going to do it. Like, just, yes. you just proved to me that you can't do it and that I can't trust <laughs> you with it. So yes. now I'm going to do it. <laughs> he was also asking leading questions. Like, why don't you know about this? Please tell yes. me what it is about this that you don't understand. Like, why Why do I need to be the one to answer this? Explain yourself. Yes. And he's not just like, oh, none of you guys know anything. You know, he's not throwing yeah. a fit. He's asking questions, the right yes. questions. He he's, really is such a natural born leader. He really is. He's so good. And, and he's, the more he's, he's not opening up to these people, but the more he's communicating with them and the more that they are understanding his strengths and working mm -hmm. him into the system working him into the plan um the more they're learning about him i think they're respecting him a little more and yeah um i think that's i think that's brilliant i think it's a brilliant way to introduce like storytelling wise even like script wise a brilliant way to introduce stuff about his character that we don't maybe don't already know um 
to introduce like what kind of a man he is and 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 why um mm-hmm. and i i just i just i love that i think that's a really brilliant like like storytelling strategy i have some speculation questions for you um okay so like um so one of my my theories from the last episode that was kind of like um made me i was thinking about again this episode um the wow i am really bad with these rebel names um the 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 young lad with lots of political opinions in um (laughs) what is his name nemic Nemec. Who who I adore. I love oh, this kid. He's so awesome. I love him. He's so precious. He's so cool. He loves his little. He builds his little models. He has manifestos to write. Like he's a little nerd, and I love and I love this little this little nerd. Did you get an impression from these two episodes that he might be um, force sensitive? <gasps> Oh my so, gosh, I didn't even think about that. So I had this idea from last episode and it was yeah and I kind of kept it going this episode trying to trying to I was looking for it. Um but the way he talks about like trusting his feelings and maybe he just has really good intuition. And I'm okay. thinking for sensitive more in a like a Chirrut and Bayes kind of way, not yes. in a not in a like Ezra and Kaden kind of way. I'm thinking I'm- like the way he says, like, I trust his feelings or like, I, I understand, like, I feel his devotion to the cause. To me, that kind of feels like a, um, does he have the face of a killer, you know, like in Rogue One, you know, yes. like that kind of feeling. I was you know? thinking about that today. I was like, he, cause I, I, I posted this tweet where it's, where it's uh, Maz's quote, where it was, if you live long enough, you see the same eyes and different people. And I, the original person that I had in mind was, you know, Bodhi. Like, I mm-hmm. think that Cassian, when he sees Bodhi, is reminded of Nemec. But uh, now that you say that, I was thinking about this today. Nemec also has Chirrut's heart. Yes. So, like, Bodhi's, Bodhi's mannerisms, but Chirrut's heart. Yes. And I can see that. If we put it that way, yes. I definitely, yes. I definitely can see that. This kind of, yeah, this like uncanny intuition to like know who is trustworthy and who's not trustworthy. Does yeah. he has the face of, and he, you know, has the same, he's like, I trust him and I trust his devotion or whatever. Yeah. Very easily could be the same line as he has the face of a friend. Oh, um, yes. And so like something about Cassian, even though right now he's at his like gruffest and grumpiest and <laughs> at his, at his most apathetic and his, you know, most mercenary Something mm-hmm. about him is still telling people around him, I am trustworthy. I can I can be trusted. I'm a friend. Um, I care about this cause, even if I don't look like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I really like that that has stayed consistent for, for Cassian, for this character. That we're we still, we still have people who are like, I don't know you, but I trust you. Jin Urso doesn't know Cassian, but she goes straight to trust goes both ways. Like, I'll trust you if oh, you trust yeah. me. And then they are fighting side by side and like covering each other, you know, from gunfire in a, like two minutes later. Yeah. She shielded him from that blast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And she doesn't have yeah. any reason to do that, except that they're in this together right now. She, he's like, they, they have no reason really to trust each other except their word. Yeah. And, and, the, and, and of course they both are true to their word and trustworthy, but how would they know? But mm-hmm. something is, something tells people when they look at Cassian, like this guy. Yeah. I like this guy. I trust this guy. <laughs> 
It's Diego Luna's friendly face. <laughs> it is. It's Diego Luna's absolutely gorgeous face. That is like, wow, I can trust this guy. He's hot. <laughs> he makes people panic. <laughs> I want to switch gears really fast because I want to talk about Mon Mothma. Oh, um, okay. We didn't get like a ton of Mon Mothma this episode, uh, but what we did get, I thought was really juicy. I thought um, so too. We got a, we got little like visually, but like a lot story wise in the long run. Yes, a lot um, about her character. Me finding out that she's got a kid. What I was like, <laughs> what she's got a kid? I like finding out she had a husband last episode was big enough, but finding out yeah. she's got like an angsty teenage daughter. Oh, I know. <laughs> so wild. <laughs> That's the thing about like running news and or like helping is that. I like know all the juicy bits because of all like the research. So when the episode drops and everyone's like, no way, like she has a husband. I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You've been like in the thick of it this whole time. Um, and I've been trying to avoid spoilers as best as I can, but you are all yes. in on spoilers. Is that yes. you just, well, you just like, Love that? I, or? No, I hate spoilers. So oh, I no. leave, that to, I leave that to the other admin. But um, when it was very early on, like with the leaks and stuff, mm -hmm. yes. Though Mon Mothma, like the admittance that she uh, had a husband was like really, really recent. And same with the daughter. I think it was a Vanity Fair article with uh, with most of or some of the cast like tony mm -hmm. and jen and stuff like that and she just kind of like or tony just kind of like dropped it he was like yeah she got married at 16 she has a husband she has a kid and then it was like period quotation mark next oh my sentence. god <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my goodness yeah like what a revelation and mm -hmm. like what an interesting tilt to her character now 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 i'm thinking you know, when I when it was just her husband, I was like, okay, so when she leaves, when she's forced to to leave and go on the run, which we see in in um, Rebels, um, yeah. she um, she does it because of the um, the Gorman massacre, which we we yes. hear a little bit about in you know about their supply lines being cut in the in, in episode, episode four. four. Mm -hmm. Such a cool tie-in, right? Yeah. Um, and Someone's then been doing their research, <laughs> a lot of help. Thanks, Twitter. Um, and so that's like a really cool tie-in. But now I'm thinking. So when it was just like, oh, she's gonna like leave her terrible husband, and you know, because she has to go on the run. But now mm -hmm. she's got a kid. I was thinking about that. I was like, what the heck happens with? I think her name is Lita, or yeah, something like Lita. that. Yeah, yeah. I I was wondering that too. I, I was like, this woman like has like a family you know you know as like a mom she has to like be there for her child and like provide for her and, and things like that and then she has like the rebellion in the very early stages and i was thinking about this today as well after watching the episode is that that woman is never out of like defense like her her defenses are always up like she can't mm -hmm. go home and the the part where she takes off her like chandrillin chain mm -hmm. um is so symbolic i feel like because it's like physically she's taking something off but mentally she's not like she she has this like significant chain that she takes off and jen mentioned it but um 
but yeah, I was noticing that how even though she's one way in the Senate, she's the same way at home because she's constantly having to defend herself from people who are against her for just being her. <laughs> right. For Yeah, for just like following what she believes in and yeah. for sticking up for people that can't stick up for themselves and for yeah. not wanting a fascist dictator for a, you yeah. know, for a leader. What? <laughs> who would have thought? Um, and yeah, and that she's got to come home and her husband's like, yeah, I'm going to have Sly Moore over for dinner. Like, don't even sweat. <laughs> I can't what? believe you're fun. <laughs> This is the fun table. Yeah, with slime. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's gonna be the fun side of the table for sure. I She's the boring. Of course, I want to say Mothma's got to be way more fun. And I, I, I like that you pointed out the um the chain as like um like a physical like representation mm -hmm. of the like like the burdens that she's bearing. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, but I also like in that same scene, she comes into the room, the dinner party room, and like takes off her like little jacket um oh, yes. and then kind of immediately picks it back up again and is like clutching it to her to her chest mm -hmm. yes. as like as like a guard as she's like physically guarding herself against her husband who's terrible um yeah. I, hate <laughs> I think that, i hate him so much he's the worst and then so in this episode in episode five and they're in the car in their gorgeous car coming oh, back from wherever it was that they were um and she's still like she's still getting it from him like they like even when it's just the two of them alone in the back seat of a car I know. and he's still pretending like he doesn't know the name of the driver and he's you know he's mm -hmm. he's just the worst and she doesn't yeah. ever get a break from him i know she doesn't get a break period <laughs> he really <laughs> he really fumbled the bag because mon mothma is such like a genuinely good human like she just wants the best for literally everyone so it's just so difficult to imagine that Perrin and even Lita like her husband and her kid are imagining that she wants the opposite for them right or that they yeah. they they don't trust her sincerity and things probably because yeah. she's like probably a workaholic she's mm -hmm. probably gone a lot we saw it with with Leia um you know with Leia and and Ben um and so it's probably the same with Mon Mothma. She's, um, you know, works a lot and isn't home. So, yeah. So when her kid is like, why would you even pretend like you care about me or whatever? Such yeah. a teenager thing to say. And yeah. and that hurts her, like genuinely hurts her. And mm -hmm. when she expresses that hurt, she gets called fake for and for expressing hurt, too. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're always making it about you. Like, what? I know. I, I wonder if they'll pull... The same like instance where in from the Leia novelization by Claudia Gray, where like Leia at the beginning isn't sure or she's not aware that Bale and uh, Brea are involved in the rebellion. So she just mm -hmm. thinks that her parents are being distant from her. So I wonder if Lita is in the same mindset. Ooh. Like her mom is so busy with all of this. And so she's like, oh, well, mom doesn't have any time for me and, and blah, blah, blah. And she's just doing this because she has to. And she just, you know, wants everybody to see that she's a, you know, it's to show off essentially. Like nothing is genuine. Right. But I, I, the thing is, is that Mon, like Bale and Brea, are working so hard and like diligently to make the galaxy a safer place for the people who they'll leave behind. Right, right. Yeah. It's not just about, it's not just about the rebellion they're also which is like secret and illegal right they're yeah. also trying legitimate means of government to to yeah. help people 
they are leading a rebellion on two fronts at the same time. Yeah. Um, and one of them is legitimate and very, very public. And the other one is, is secret. And yeah. they have to try and balance that. And yeah, it, and it maybe separates them from their, I think that I didn't read, uh, was that Leia, Princess of Alderaan, the Claudia Gray yeah. novel? I have it on my shelf back there and I haven't read it yet. Um, it's really cute. You should, it, it's, it's, it gives like a lot of insight to Leia in, on like a more intimate, younger level, like in, in the very early stages of Leia's life. Yeah. Um, mm. which I would find fascinating. I really liked uh, Bloodline a lot. So, and I've mm-hmm. I, I've read I've read a handful of the of the novels, but the yeah, the ones about Leia, I think she was always my favorite. Um mm-hmm. you so, can't like, not love her. <laughs> she's perfect. <laughs> the Princess of La- Alderaan's on on my shelf right now. And um I've heard also from other people that they're um that in the novelizations of or in various like Star Wars novels um that take place in this time period that um that there was a rumor going around the senate um that mon mothma and bail organa are having an affair oh Um, have you heard i haven't heard i haven't read any of this um i've only heard this from like other like on twitter that like Uh um the rumor is they spend so much time together that they're having an affair um Mm -hmm. But obviously it's rebellion stuff, but they're like willing to let the rumor ride because it's yeah. a, like a really good cover. So yeah. I wonder if Mon Mothma's kid knows these rumors and thinks that her mom's cheating on her dad. Like, mm. and if that's like fueling some of that, like some of that disrespect. Um, okay. Yeah. That could be it. Like, I don't know. Like I, we I have know. more episodes to go. Uh, I really want them to address that rumor. I would really, cause I'm, we're on Jimmy Smith's watch over here. We're like waiting for Jimmy Smith's to roll up because he's got yeah. to, right? Like he has to. Yeah. Well, when, when Mon was like, I know someone that could help. And Luthen was like, you mean let somebody into the circle? No. In my head, I was like, oh, is it Bale? It has to be Bale. I feel like it has to be Bale, but I also feel like Bale's already in the circle. That's what I thought, too. So I'm not sure who it could I'm be. Like, I don't know who it could be. Um, um, One of my guests, I don't remember his Candace or Hope, uh, last week or the week before, um, one mm-hmm. of them suggested that it could be like uh, like a Jedi in hiding, like Ahsoka, or because like oh. this is this is this would be a, like about the, the time where she's going to start rolling out the fulcrum project right this is like about the same time period um and so they were like maybe it's ahsoka it's like not that we really like need or want ahsoka to roll up in this show Mm -hmm. um that's not what we're like we're not rooting for it to be ahsoka but like that would make narrative sense um because i feel like bail organa's in it like it can't be him Mm -hmm. but but maybe they maybe it is just to get jimmy smith's on the show oh (laughs) Most likely, yeah. Jimmy Smith, I, if he didn't come back as Bale, then I feel like, I, I don't know. I, I He he is definitely, I don't think that he's fan service. I feel like people will call him fan service, but I think that he is essential to like this part of the story, especially Mons. Yes. Because like, like we were talking about earlier, like they worked very closely together. If it's Ahsoka, I feel like it won't be, quote like I won't it, it won't be her name like I feel like they could just do like the fulcrum right name drop yeah. because it, yeah yeah because Cassian is like he you know he's known as like the fulcrum captain and like he was doing a lot of uh you know he was inviting people to the rebellion so I it would it wouldn't shock me like I feel like it would give me the same reaction that I had to them bringing fest into Andor the way that right. they did 
-hmm. Yes. Yes. With the psych, you thought it was Fest. Just kidding. It's Canary. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we always said you were from Fest. Um, yeah. I loved which, that. Which is good. And like, and, and, but that and all, just all of it, watching how much secrecy and everything is going into their like lives and world is um, calming some of my stress about um, oh, yeah. the timeline. The timeline is really stressing me out. Um, I do know that it's just probably that they've lied about Cassian's age. Oh, um, yeah. But when they go after the crash ship and it's a separatist ship and the kid is clearly like 12 years old. And I was yeah. like, no, no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that timeline doesn't match up at all. Yeah. Um, they must been, be lying about his age, right? I, I've been going off of what Cassian has said, because I think that that's what's intended. Like he said, he was 13 when he went into prison. And then, yeah, like the three years went mm -hmm. by and then Mimbon, which everyone, everyone, meaning the people who are also going off of what Cassian said, it's the Mimbon, Mimbon campaign, mm -hmm. which is, you know, when Han Solo and like 10 BBY and things like that. So yeah. if he was... If he was 16 then, and then five years went by, he's 21 and Andor, give or take, like, a couple of right. years. But some which, people are, which, what are you, well, you going to say? I was going to say, that make, which makes sense, because he's supposed to be about 20, because he's about 26 in, in um, Rogue One. Yeah. But mm -hmm. why then, at age, like, 11 or 12, however old he is in the flashback, is that ship a separatist ship? That doesn't make sense timeline-wise. Well, Pablo Hidalgo said that uh, he he didn't give any solid answers, and this is what makes me think that this is going to be addressed later. Okay. Um, also, because Casa's actor Antonio said that Diego uh, spent time teaching him English, which makes me think that Casa is coming back to for like flashbacks. Okay. Good. Fair. Good. Good. I'd like yeah. that. Me too. But um, going back, Pablo said that Cassian is nine in those flashbacks on Canari. So, nine. yeah, that means that it's like he could be 21, he could be 22, 23. Yeah. But I do know that we are getting flashbacks with Clem and the clones yes. on Ferrix. Yes, I have heard. I have yeah. heard the same. Um, yeah. So that 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 this it continues to be filed under the speculation um, <laughs> part of this episode was is that we they're obviously not done with the actors who played little Cassian and Clem, uh, yeah. Clem who obviously had a big enough impact on Cassian as a like a father figure that he's comfortable taking yeah. his name as a disguise. And so his, obviously he's been around. And his blaster, like. Cassian's blaster is Clem's blaster. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's so much there. There's so much going on. And there's so many more episodes to go. We're uh, approaching about that time that we need okay. to start wrapping up. But this is an ambitious crossover episode because you have just launched your brand new podcast. Tell us about it. Uh, well, it's called Stardust Records, and I'm a co-host with uh, my best friend, Lindsay, or Linz. I always want to call her by her full name, but <laughs> it's Linz. Uh, we just started it. It's been kind of in the works for a little bit. Um, we were discussing it for some time, and Andor was coming out, so we knew we wanted to you know, talk about Andor, and we already do that a lot. So we were like, why not just put a microphone in front of us? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, we 
we did just launch it. The first episode is out on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, and we release new episodes every Saturday. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, I heard you had um, a successful first episode and that you guys had like a cool a cool segment um, in, in your episode. You do like a fun fact segment. Um, do you want to tease that for, for people who maybe want to go over and listen? Sure. So in our first episode, we, uh, towards the end, when we were closing, we kind of did like a little wrap up section. So I had purchased this new book or a book was purchased for me, excuse me. And it had a, it had a recipe in it. And we were talking about Mon Mothma during the show as well, uh, because we discussed the first three episodes of Andor, uh, but four had already come out. So we were kind of excited to see more of Mon and, and things like that. So Mon came up and in the book, there's a recipe called Mon Mothma's mini focaccia bread. <laughs> and there's like a little excerpt and it's so cute. I won't say the whole thing, but you'll have to go listen to it. But apparently sweet peppers are big on Chandrilla. So that's why Mon makes the focaccia bread so she could put the peppers on it. But we were kind of making jokes and we were like, well, now Space Italy is canon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Space Italy, Chandrilla. I can see it. I can see it. Um, That sounds really fun. Um, So everybody's going to have to pop over and listen to Stardust Records to to get that recipe and more and more (laughs) about it and hear your podcast. Um, so that just about wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. This was so fun to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Same to you. Um, so why don't you tell the listeners where people can find you online? Uh, well, I'm mostly on Twitter. You can find me at uh, my main account, which is Jin, J-Y-N, like Jin Urso, Casa, K-A-S-S-A. Or uh, you can find me and my co-admin at uh, at News Andor. Um, and then you can find us on our podcast, which is Stardust Records. It's got a funky way of spelling it on Twitter. Uh, it's records, but just without the O. So Stardust Records and then without the O. Got it. <laughs> okay, Stardust Records. I'll have all of that tagged in the show notes if anybody wants to, to click through and follow you on Twitter. And if you would like to follow this show on Twitter, we're online at Rogue Fun Pod. Um, I am also on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok under the same uh, under the same name. I'm at Alice White THP for those happy places. Those happy places is our flagship show, all about theme parks, rides, and attractions. Um, you can follow those happy places online um, at Happy Places Pod if you are interested in any of that. Um, additionally, you can find information on how to support the show on our Patreon, patreon.com slash those happy places. Um, there's bonus mini episodes and blog posts and all sorts of fun stuff on there if you would like to support the show. So once again, that's patreon.com slash those happy places. Savi, thank you so much for joining me today. This was really fun. Broke fun. Pulling away. May the force be with you. <laughs>